Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters, listeners and friends, you're very welcome to the talk show for talkers here on irishtalkers.com. We do love to hear from you, so you can get in touch with us by leaving a message on our Facebook page, the Talk Show for Talkers, or you can send an email to info at irishtalkers.com. And that, of course, is also our website, irishtalkers.com. And if you go there, you can listen to our archive for the past eight years and uh, a few other things as well. My name is Moira O'Brien, and I'm joined this week by the jolly James Finnegan. I had to think there because I I hadn't prepared that one, James. Mr... Omani is sunning himself in Portugal, at least he is now, he won't be when you hear this, so he won't be joining us. But we do have an interview this week, and James is going to do the honours, so I will allow James to introduce our very special guest. Over to you, James. Thank you very much, Moira. I was getting worried there where you were hesitating as to how to describe me, but uh, jolly I'll take We are delighted to bring to you for the first time, I believe, the current club growth director and the program quality director-elect, Mr. Danny Banks, making his debut on the talk show for talkers. And I don't know how you've managed to avoid it for so long, Danny, but you're more than welcome. And we look forward to hearing all about you. And this is going to be a very gentle interview. This is this is not a Jeremy Paxman. This is a Graham Norton, but without the wine. How are you today, Danny? I'm very well, James, and thank you for inviting me. Yes, it's the first time, but um, hopefully not the last time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to your questions, and uh, I'm just really pleased to be here. So thank you again for inviting me. Well, of course, it's a very quiet time of year for you, Danny, because you're not only trying to finish up your old responsibilities, but you're also galvanizing ideas for the, the current year. But first of all, let's go back to basics. What's your occupation? What was your occupation? So for 27 years, I was a secondary school teacher here in the English Midlands in three different schools. And I taught mainly the humanities, some history, geography, um, RE. I'm always a little bit reticent to say which subject I taught because when people meet me, they expect me to be an expert on on everything. So if I say I taught geography, people will expect me to know every mountain, river, town in the world. And I don't. So I just say humanities and that covers a multitude of sins. (laughs) Literally. Mm, Absolutely. And, and tell me, Danny, how did you get into Toastmasters? Well, it was a slightly convoluted route for me, James. I, I was coming to the end of my career, and I, I wanted to do something um, that I, I'd enjoyed in the past, and I'd done put some speaking in the past, and I wanted to improve my public speaking. So I don't necessarily want to be employed in it, but I just enjoyed uh, what I did at school, and I just wanted to be able to become a better public speaker, learn some new techniques, practice, and so on. And so I just started looking around, and as everybody probably that's going to be listening to this call, I'd never heard of Toastmasters before. I was reading a book called The Introverted Leader, and there's a chapter in that on public speaking, and the author mentions Toastmasters in that. So I Googled it looked at my local club, 
And at first, I didn't want to join because it said there's a lot of evaluation. Now, as a teacher and as in many roles, you get a lot of evaluation in your job. So I thought, well, I don't want to spend my spare time being evaluated and told me I've got to do more or whatever. So at first, I didn't attend. And then a few months later, I thought about it and found my local club, which was Leicester, went along and I was hooked from the first meeting. I thought, yeah, this is not the evaluation I'm used to. It's positive. It's constructive. Uh, there's lots of people there who are really trying to improve themselves. And I thought, yeah, this is I can see myself being part of this. And that was eight years ago. So that's my story. And I've been a member at Leicester ever since. And what do you think has been the greatest benefit to you? Well, actually, I think conversing with people at a one-to-one or a group level rather than a public speaking has helped me. Um, I was never really very good at it before, but I now feel more confident if I go into a room to talk to people, to engage people in, in conversation. Before that, I was always a little bit reticent and sort of a wallflower and just sat there, you know, not wanting to talk to anyone. So... I think that's given me the confidence to do that. Plus, I have to say, what really keeps me coming back is seeing people who have terrible nerves and who really want to progress but are so scared. And actually coming to Toastmasters and after a few months, you can see them improving. So that, for me, is one of the big draws now for for clubs, seeing people come along and improving and becoming better speakers. It's funny you say that, Danny, because I'm thinking of a lad that came to our club who had a very pronounced stutter and wouldn't say anything. But because of the environment and because of the support and because of the encouragement, he started speaking to the extent that he has now gone and ironically gone into education, to further education, because he now has the confidence to actually sit in a class and exchange ideas without... Mm. concerns or fears over his his impediment absolutely and i think everybody who's been in the toastmaster club for a while will know people like that who have just shone i mean i i always think of a particular member who came to our club and she was terribly nervous she she she'd been in the same job for 20 years and she just wanted to to do something with her life as she said but she needed to be able to the confidence to speak, and she didn't have that. And she came, and she, she it was the old manual. She did the confident com- communicator, and she ended up representing us in the area and division contest, you know, after 18 months. Um, and that was fantastic. And she's gone on now to set up her own business and um, is leading the life that she wants to lead. So yeah, it's ironic bearing in mind your your occupation, which obviously involves standing up in front of groups, yeah. delivering talks and delivering lessons. That you were somehow nervous about standing up in in front of groups. Yeah. I yeah, and that's a common thing I get asked. Well, you know, you were a teacher, surely this is this is nothing for you. Well, yes, you do stand up in front of a group of people, but it's a different relationship. You know, they've got to be there. If you stand up in front of a group of people um, in your work or whatever and don't don't achieve the objectives of your speech, don't keep them interested, then they'll go and never come back. And, you know, 
in teaching, they come back sometimes, unfortunately, and you don't want some of them to come back, but that's part of the job. Um, and, you know, there's sort of like detentions and punishments, which um, I've never tried at a Toastmasters club. Maybe it may, may, maybe it may could be a, an objective or, or a, a pathway or something like that, you know, putting somebody in detention if they don't do the speech. But um, so that, you know, teaching is different. It's a different relationship with a group and, you know, you've got some control over them and they have to be there. Um, if you're a public speaker, you have to motivate people, you have to inspire people. And that's not easy if you're nervous. And I've met some teachers and I won't name them, but they've been terrible public speakers. Um, so I'll leave it at that. What, what would you say has been your biggest Toastmaster challenge? Hmm. I think over the last year, and I think this is common across the board, it's getting people to communicate with you. Um, I think people are swamped with emails. So, you know, I, I send out emails and I don't get replies. And after a while, I begin to think, well, is it is it me or is it my computer? Is it not? Is it is Gmail stopped working for me? I'm sorry, there are other um, email providers. Um, so I think that's been a challenge, trying to engage people and get people involved because people seem to lead such busy lives these days trying to arrange a time is not easy so that's been one of the challenges trying to to get people involved in, in what you're doing and that was true um, at, at club level when you're a president like vpe trying to get people involved um and communicate with you well, it's ironic, isn't it, really, because we're an organisation that's yeah. based on leadership and communication, and Absolutely. we seem to be rather poor at leadership and communication at times. Mm -hmm. You've mm -hmm. had a very busy year this past year as club growth director. What has been your biggest challenge in that in these post-COVID days? I think the biggest challenge and the biggest challenges facing Toastmasters at the moment is actually bridging that gap from COVID. Because I still feel that, um, certainly here in England, I think people are a little bit reticent to go, still to go out. We, we've A lot of us have lost the ability to go out the house to go to somewhere other than work. And, and I think that's a challenge. Um, it's a challenge, again, really of engaging people because, you know, there's a lot of people want to start Toastmasters clubs, but... It's it's a, it's not easy to start a Toastmasters club. You, there's a lot of work that's involved. So I think a major challenge is, is really been trying to motivate people to start clubs and to keep it going and um, having the consistency and the stamina to keep going week after week and make that club a reality and helping them to do that. Having said that, and without wishing to compromise you or get you to storm the barricades, is there anything that you would change in Toastmasters that would help make that job just a little bit easier? Ooh, who who listens to this, James? <laughs> well, there's two others apart from yourself. <laughs> <coughs> um, I certainly think Toastmasters International could make it easier for clubs to to join. There's a lot of paperwork, and and you know when you, when you've done a few. That, that's not so arduous, but it does, it is daunting to a lot of people. I think certainly with corporates, the money situation 
you know we need to to work that out better how how they pay um so that would make life a lot easier i, I mean I, we do get a lot of support from toastmasters don't get me wrong um you know there's a lot of good people and they're working quite hard and they're still recovering from covid we've got a you know great people at region and, and so on that can help but i just do think that maybe some things could be more streamlined if you like um easier and, and perhaps more uh, easier to follow and uh, and one less burden for somebody who's stressing up a club especially if it's a corporate club so i think it's particularly the money and perhaps some of the paperwork attached to it but now you're moving into a, a new uh, sphere of influence and I often feel that one of the things that Toastmasters actually don't make enough noise about are all the various education programs, mm-hmm. not just the pathways, but all the personal development, professional development courses that, that lead into making a better Toastmaster experience for yourself and for your colleagues. What are your hopes and aspirations for your year as Program Quality Director? Well, yeah, that's a good question, and it's a fair point. I, I think, obviously, we've got to, to make sure Pathways continues to be at the forefront of what we do because it is our major educational programme, and we you know, we want people to follow that, obviously. I think that, I mean, we, over the last three years, we've had a programme of, of weekly training sessions which have been excellent and, and on such a variety of topics, not necessarily for club offices, they're just for anybody who, you know, techniques in public speaking and so on. And it's all free and it's all uh, delivered by people who know what they're talking about. And it's really getting that out to people. I mean, it is disappointing when sometimes, you know, we've got 4,000 members and perhaps 40 turn up for a session online. And it, and it would be great and if anybody out there has got any um, suggestions on how we can promote this, I mean, people are emailed, it's on Facebook and so on, but there are educational programs out there. There are, you know, ones available from Toastmasters International about body language, about how to run meetings, about all sorts of things that people could dip into. So I, I think part of the mission this year is to, find out ways of getting it out there. Now, I appreciate that not everybody who joins a Toastmasters club wants to come to training, but I just believe if they knew what's available, and it's only an hour at the moment, it's on a Thursday night, uh, and it's been on all sorts of things this year. Elizabeth's put a fantastic program on. And, you know, the Sunday night leadership sessions, there have been some people from, senior people from, from Toastmasters who, you know, a letter who spoke about coaching and all that sort of thing. It's so useful for anybody and it really is trying to get that message out. So hopefully, you know, people who are listening to your uh, broadcast now will perhaps take a look at it and find out about it. And it's just promoting that through, you know, whatever means we can, but there is such a lot there that you can benefit from, not just pathways, but the learning programs and, um, and our weekly sessions. I totally agree, Danny. They've been fantastic sessions on these past this past year and beyond. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think some of them are, are up on the District 71 website and the, mm-hmm. the YouTube channel. So they're always yes. handy to refer back to them. What do you do when you're outside Toastmasters? But what do you do to relax? Well, I'm retired, James. 
So I'm quite relaxed. <laughs> My days are, are not exactly arduous. It's um, a fantastic time of life at the moment. When I'm not out, uh, when I'm not tastemastering, I mean, obviously I read and, and things like that. We've got two, um, in, in these parts we call them Dachshunds. In parts of the world they call them Dachshunds, I've been told. Dachshund. Dachshund, beg your pardon. And um, they're fantastic. They're fantastic to look after. I mean, they're asleep at the moment, fortunately, but it's nice to take them out for walks. Uh, my wife is still working, but she's due to retire this year, so we will I'll be doing more breaks, that's for sure, more short-term breaks and holidays. I think she's got a few stacked up as, as we speak. And, um, yeah, it's just sort of living that quite a life. I like to go, you know, we take the dogs over to the woods and, and take them out for walks, get into nature. And it's, um, yeah, I think if I were any more relaxed, I'd be asleep. Be careful what you ask for, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Danny. I'm sure I'm retired, thank goodness. I don't know where I would have found the time to do all no. this. <laughs> if I can interject here, Danny, do you have ambitions to maybe go outside of district? in uh, Toastmasters and maybe go up to region or international? Um, no, not at the moment. And, um, I think I'm getting too old for it. We need some younger people doing those roles. Um, yes, I can see that. Uh, I, I have yeah. to be careful here because I'm a lot older than you, I think. And uh, uh, I still... No, no, I don't have ambitions to go outside. I don't even ambitions have ambitions to go up to district. I've done mm. my bit, I think. Uh, I mean, when you, you see a lot of the people who are at regional level and certainly the international director people, you know, the amount of work they put in and the amount of travelling that they have to do, um, and a lot of them have got jobs as well, um, it really is, it, it, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And it's not that I'm bothered about the work, it's just that, you know, you have to go through, it would be three or four years before I could consider any of that. And I think probably my wife would want to see more of me, although I'm not sure about that. <laughs> um, she keeps saying, she keeps saying to her colleagues at work that she's she wants to spend more time with her husband. That's why she's retiring. I do believe it's more time with the dog, to be honest with you. So I know where I come in the, the hierarchy of things. Well, Danny, let me tell you where I come in the hierarchy in this house. There are the the grandchildren, the children the dogs next door's dogs <laughs> maybe me maybe well i think i'm a bit higher up there james because the neighbors don't have a dog so <laughs> um yeah uh, you know so and i do believe we've got a, we, we need always to be bringing on new people and traveling around and i came to dublin in january and, and was lucky enough to to visit a few clubs in dublin we've got some fantastic people in the organization that we really need to bring on um because i think they you know they're the ones we're going to take it forward over the next few years um and they've got some ideas and and they're also i mean i accept moira that you are a technical whiz but my from speaking for myself i can just about manage email and um whatsapp on the phone so younger people are going to be more in tune with the way people are learning now because you know you went to university now 
it's a completely different world than it was 30 years ago, um, the way people are taught and so on. Um, and, and so they, I think younger people are more attuned to the way pathways um, is structured. Um, so I, I, I think we need to be bringing them on. I agree that young blood, new blood is certainly necessary. And is possibly a fault in the way that Toastmasters is constituted in that to get to region or even international, you probably have to be in your dotage, more mm. or less. <laughs> <laughs> because it takes, you, know, you you go through the programme, you, you build up the ladder, you become area director, maybe division director, mm. you get onto district, you start at the, the bottom ladder of districts and you work your way up and eventually... Mm. Once you have got district director out of your system and you think, what am I going to do next? And then maybe you go as a regional advisor. So this is many years. And to get Mm. a a young person who is maybe Mm. in the throes of a career, actually to be able to devote the time to going up the ladder is is quite an issue, really. It is. And one of the roles that you have when you get to the district level, is to interview the candidates for in, international director. Yes. And some of those people, I mean, I remember doing it last year, I, as you say, they held full-time jobs. They are interviewed by every district in the world, and that's, I don't know, 120. Wow. They, they have half an hour interviews with all of them, whatever time of the day. They, they produce campaign materials. They have a website. They... It's amazing the amount of time and effort they have to put in for that. I think we're um, better we're better not to uh, continue this too long because anyone no. anyone listening will be totally put off. <laughs> yes, but they get so much out of it. Yes, they get you know international travel. Yep. Yeah. Skills, yeah. leadership skills, yeah. networking. Yes. yes. Yeah. And there's still people wanting to do it. So yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, there we are. Well, we've come to uh, the end of this episode. Thank you very much indeed, Danny, for joining us. And I, I really, I'm really sorry that we didn't invite you before. It's, um, it's a failing on our part. However, we've, uh, we've made good, I think. So from myself, Mario O'Brien, from James and from Danny, we'll wish you goodbye and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks, Danny.